Welcome to your Vibrant Life Podcast. My name is Haley, and my mission is to help busy, burnt-out individuals increase their energy naturally and discover how good their bodies are designed to feel. If you're struggling with digestion, body image, or fatigue, you're in the right place. On this podcast, I will be providing you with the simple and effective strategies that me and my clients use to feel vibrant every day. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now let's get into today's episode. Welcome back to your Vibrant Life Podcast, my friends. Oh my goodness. Episode 49. What? That is absolutely mind-blowing to me. Absolutely mind-blowing. I remember when I first started this podcast and I recorded the podcast intro and I remember honestly recording it like it felt like 42 times and I just felt so hot and uncomfortable and I remember recording my first episode and my skin was prickling and I was sweating and I restarted and stopped and restarted that podcast episode again. I want to say 42 times. It was probably closer to five or six, but here we are. Episode number 49, and I feel as cool as a cucumber. And this just goes to show that what you practice, you become comfortable with. And I think that's one of honestly the biggest obstacles for people making any kind of lifestyle change is that initial discomfort of things that we're not used to. And, you know, even things like food or alcohol that we seek for comfort. All of a sudden, you know, if we're starting a fitness journey, we might fear that we have to give up those things. And that can, you know, really deter us from even getting started because we're afraid of being uncomfortable. And I was afraid of being uncomfortable when I started this podcast. I'll be totally honest with you. But right now I'm chilling. I'm actually sitting in Mexico and I am so sorry because I know the podcast audio quality is garbage. I am recording on my computer and have been for the last eight weeks, but I promise that I'll be home soon. I'm actually home on December the 16th. And so from that date onward, I will have my podcast mic with me. And I promised myself never to travel again without my podcast mic because I really miss it. And I feel like, you know, listening to a good quality audio on a podcast makes a big difference and not one that's like echoey or weird, especially, you know, if you're trying to listen in headphones at the gym or like in your car. It just, it really does make a difference. So sending you guys my apologies and I'm looking forward to having my regular office set up and my podcast mic back again. So if you're watching this on YouTube, hi, how's it going? If you're listening to this in your car or you're walking on the treadmill or you're cleaning your house, excuse me, cleaning your house, that is awesome. Not a problem at all. There is not going to be a lot of visual in this podcast today. It's going to be mostly me chatting. I have a few notes that I've pulled up and I'm going to be kind of referring back to those notes because today's conversation is something that is relatively new to me, actually. And so whenever I'm talking about something new, again, we kind of go back to that discomfort. I haven't talked about it a lot. And so, you know, sometimes I'll freestyle these podcast episodes and kind of just brain dump on you guys. But this is new information that's really kind of in the forefront of my brain. And so I want to make sure that I'm providing you guys with the facts. A lot of you guys know that I'm doing a mentorship with Dave O'Brien and Dave is incredible. He's been in the wellness industry for over 25 years, worked with, you know, people like Charles Paul Quinn, Wim Hof, and I'm doing a bloods analysis mentorship with him right now. We're kind of like midway through and in the new year, we're going to be working into a gut health mentorship as well. So 
I've got probably a year to a year and a half of mentoring with him. And so far I have learned, I can't even explain how much it's, you know, I thought I knew a lot about gut health and nutrition and supplements. And he has just opened my eyes to a whole new world. It's like being on earth and not knowing that the sea existed and then going into the sea and looking into that water with a snorkel and just being blown away at all the different species of fish and the coral and the seaweed and all the different animals that live down there. That's what it feels like to me. It's like I was in this world of health and fitness, health and wellness, and I thought that I had a lot of knowledge. And then I hired Dave and my mind was absolutely blown. So today, we are going to be talking about anti-aging. I love this topic. Honestly, anti-aging unlocked is what this podcast episode is called. And there's so many like anti-aging wellness products out there. You know, this stuff for your skin and this for your hair, this to live forever. But a lot of it is kind of like inconclusive, anecdotal. Not a lot of it is backed by science. Obviously, there are some good quality skincare products out there that have, you know, things in them that can help. But my belief is that we want to stay young from the inside and that just applying things to our skin to look younger isn't actually going to slow down the aging process. And no, it's not going to mean that you don't have another birthday in a year and like actually slow down how old you are, but it will slow down the deterioration of your ligaments and joints and internal organs and your brain function. So to me, anti-aging means that I can live longer with an alert and focused mind without pain, with good movement, with vibrant energy, with a well-balanced mood, with good memory. That to me is, you know, my focus with anti-aging is being able to live a long time with good quality of life. I don't care about living a long time if I don't have a good quality of life. So I want to share anti-aging unlocked with you. And we're going to be talking about glutathione. Glutathione is something that I've been recently discussing with my mentor. It's a a supplement that often comes up in our conversations, especially when we're dealing with hyperpermeability in the gut or severe intestinal hyperpermeability because that is very depleting on your glutathione stores. Basically, any kind of stress is going to be depleting of glutathione. So you might be thinking, what the heck is glutathione? What is she talking about? It's okay. I'll explain it. Don't worry. Hang with me. Sit tight. Don't tune out just because it's a big word or something that you haven't heard of before. Glutathione is one of the key antioxidants in our body. And if you don't know what an antioxidant is or does, Essentially, it prevents against oxidative stress, antioxidant, okay, and free radical damage. So when you drive your car, your car produces emissions, right? And those aren't great for the environment. And our body, when it produces energy from the cells, it produces things called free radicals, okay? And these free radicals have a charge to them. And that electrical charge can go and steal electrons from other molecules in the body and actually cause damage and stress, DNA damage, cell damage, cell death. And that really accelerates the aging process and the breakdown of tissues in our body. And so throughout 
all of our cells and tissues. Glutathione is really important for protecting against oxidative stress and free radical damage. It's also a very important immune modulator. So if you have, you know, if you struggle with autoimmunity or, you know, if you are very prone to just general cold and flu sickness, infection, glutathione is very important in modulating the immune cells. So it's actually very key for regulatory T cells. So regulatory T cells actually have a receptor for glutathione which makes it one of the most important compounds in our body, one of the most important antioxidants in our body, one of the most important compounds to protect against autoimmunity. And glutathione also, you know, is really important in a phase two biotransformation or phase two detoxification, which is essentially taking pollutants, toxins, things like that from our systems, converting them into something that can actually be eliminated and cleared from the body, whether it's through feces or sweat or through stool. So when we're looking at glutathione and knowing that it plays such an important role in just general oxidative stress, which we all experience in immune function, in preventing autoimmunity, in managing inflammation, in promoting detox in the body, we know that this is key for longevity. It's also a key factor in neurological health. And as a lot of us know, as you know, as people age, neurological health is often one of the first things to start to go. And we'll see things, you know, like Alzheimer's disease and dementia and just general forgetfulness, right? And that is very much affected by glutathione levels. Glutathione is depleted very quickly with all kinds of inflammatory conditions, anything you can think of that's inflammatory. That includes IBS, you guys. That includes any kind of digestive distress or gastrointestinal distress, infections. So maybe you got the cold or the flu, or you had COVID. Those things actually deplete glutathione very quickly. Chronic inflammation. Now, when I look at inflammation in the body, most of the time I'm looking at it from the perspective of the gut, seeing it as the hub or the epicenter of your health. And if there is leaky gut, or if there's hyperpermeability is what we call it, hyperpermeability or severe hyperpermeability where those junctions in the guts are not functioning optimally. They're allowing different particles and bacterial cell walls, polysaccharides into the bloodstream. Then we are experiencing elevated levels of inflammation and immune activity. And that is one of the biggest factors in generalized inflammation, which can create things like arthritis, joint pain, general aches and pain, fatigue, lethargy. And so really important to understand that if you're experiencing any of those symptoms, that it's, you know, it's likely that you're experiencing gut derived inflammation. Okay. Where else would we be experiencing inflammation from? Well, obviously our diet, but our food goes into our gut and then that's where that inflammation is coming from. The other side of that would actually be physical exercise. And this is where you know, it's important to understand that not all inflammation is bad. Some inflammation is actually good. You stub your toe, you need it to swell up. That's part of the healing process, right? You break your leg and your leg swells up. That is part of the healing process. Okay. So inflammation is not all bad. We need to have pro-inflammatory and anti-inflammatory in the body. We need to have the ability to do both. But when you exercise, it is a physical stress. For example, you're going into the gym and you're lifting weights. 
and you actually break down the muscle tissue and then you're sore the next day. That is, is actually generating inflammation and it depletes glutathione, interestingly enough. Now we're going to get deeper into exercise and glutathione because please do not think that exercise is bad for your longevity. Please do not take that, do not make that your takeaway from this podcast because exercise is one of the most powerful ways to upregulate your antioxidant systems. Okay. So it exercise alone is one of the most beneficial things you can do to positively impact glutathione. But you have to also remember that it depletes glutathione. Yes, it's upregulating the antioxidant pathways, which is key, but it also depletes it. So we need to replenish it and give our body the building blocks that it needs to be able to produce uh, glutathione, right? So it, not only do we need those antioxidant systems to actually be operating, we need to have the building blocks to make glutathione. So both exercise and diet become very important. Now, another factor, and this is actually sleep. So your antioxidant systems as a whole become very dysfunctional if you don't get enough sleep. And sleep has a very negative implications with glutathione and negative impact. So how can we optimize glutathione levels? Number one, exercising regularly with intensity, that's going to help boost your antioxidant systems. And intensity is the key word, like not just going for a light walk, lifting weights, even doing some, you know, styles of high intensity training. That's not a style of training that I recommend for everyone. So you have to be very mindful of who you are as an individual, but strength training is going to be the, one of the best ways to increase that and increase those antioxidant systems, knowing that exercise helps that, but also can deplete because of its effect on inflammation in the body. You also need to make sure that your diet is providing your body with the right micronutrients to support glutathione. And I'm going to get, break that down here in a second. And the last thing here, you guys, is sleep. So sleep, diet, exercise. I talk about this all the time. I feel like a broken record, but let's go a little bit deeper into this. So one of the worst things that you guys can do for glutathione is to have poor sleep, live a sedentary lifestyle, and live in an area where there's a lot of toxicity. And that could mean that your environment, maybe you work in a mill or in a mine, or you live in a very busy populated city. Just know that heavily polluted areas have a serious negative impact on glutathione levels as well. And so does a highly toxic diet. So a diet with a lot of processed foods. So whether the toxins are coming in through breathing through your lungs, or those toxins are coming in through your food, right? We'd have a sip of my iced coffee here. So low levels. Another thing here is again, dietary, but low levels of sulfur in the diet can negatively impact glutathione levels. There's a very small, small group of the population that doesn't process sulfur very, very well. And so if that's you, it's likely again, that glutathione is being compromised and we can actually support that with different herbal remedies. And I'll talk about that too. So let's talk about some of the symptoms of having low glutathione levels. If you've ever exercised or trained really hard and then felt worse after that exercise, that's a very strong indication that your glutathione levels are low. If you feel that you get very tired easily and depleted easily, and you notice that you have a lot of delayed onset muscle soreness, like more than the average person, it extends beyond 24 to 48 hours, you're sore for a week after you exercise, that inflammation is just not resolving. That's a really good indicator that your glutathione levels are low, your glutathione pools, and your glutathione, um, you guys, pools in the liver. 
So there's actually a lot of studies out there that, that are showing that when we have good gut integrity, that are that it doesn't break down as easily. Okay. So studies show that the gut barrier is more resilient until glutathione levels are actually depleted. So if you can keep your glutathione levels up and exercise regularly and sleep well, you'll actually have a more resilient gut barrier. I know it's like the catch 22, because if your gut barrier is compromised, you're going to have less energy, more inflammation, depleted glutathione levels. But if you can exercise regularly, I know it's so, it's so hard to get this across to people because it's like, you feel tired and depleted and sore, but I'm asking you to exercise, right. And eat healthy. But all you want to do is like lay around and eat sugar to have like quick hits of energy. I get it, but we have to break the cycle somewhere. And I'm telling you that if you allow those glutathione levels to get depleted through a toxic lifestyle, through lack of sleep, through poor diet, through lack of exercise, sedentary lifestyle, then you're at a greater risk for poor gut integrity. Okay. And now that the science is showing that low glutathione levels also can correlate to a weakened gut barrier, we know that our gut is also connected to our lungs. And that means a weakened lung barrier and a weakened gut barrier correlates very strongly with a, with a weakened blood brain barrier. So now we can see the significance of this in its effects on our overall health and well-being. And if you look at some of the studies and the outbreaks of COVID-19, a lot of those outbreaks were in very population dense areas that had a lot of air pollution, and that can actually worsen the effects. Um, and it actually shows that a lot of symptoms of COVID were significantly worse with poor gut function and hyperpermeability. So just something to kind of, you know, bring forward and touch on there. Now, having low levels of glutathione, you guys, depletes or depleted levels of glutathione orchestrates a very significant risk for susceptibility to inflammatory disease states of all kinds, autoimmune conditions, arthritis. We're talking about pretty much anything that's related to inflammation, insulin resistance. So how can we optimize our glutathione levels through our diet? Okay. That's what I'm going to touch on next. I've, I've already mentioned that some of those pillars are regular exercise and strength training, making sure that you get adequate sleep and that you're mindful of the toxic stress that you're exposed to. And if you work in an environment that has a lot of pollution, or you live in a very population density and you can't escape that, then you may want to do more things to support glutathione for your longevity. So bone broth, you guys, first one I'm going to bring up, and I bring this up all the time, but first of all, actually, before I talk about bone broth, let's talk about what glutathione is actually made of. Okay. And then we'll get into bone broth. So glutathione is actually a tripeptide amino acid. What the heck does that mean? It means that it is an amino acid that is formed of three amino acids. Okay. Glutamic acid, cysteine, and glycine. Okay. Glutamic acid, cysteine, and glycine. Glutamic acid and glycine are two things that we can produce relatively easily. They are called conditionally essential amino acids. When I say conditionally essential, that means that it depends on the conditions of your body. Again, not super clear because it's going to vary from person to person, but I'm going to tell you right now that conditionally essential amino acids to be converted in the body in like for our body to actually produce 
glutamic acid and glycine, there are compounds that are necessary for that. And one of those things is actually B vitamins. And B vitamins are also depleted with toxic stress, exercise, and just general stress depletes B vitamins very quickly, specifically B6. And if you have methylation issues, poor gut health, then you're going to want to make sure that you actually get the methylated version of that, which is the P5P. That's probably another conversation in itself is, is talking about methylation and methylation issues and genetic SNPs. But today we're just going to focus on a few things that we can put into our diet to help support glutathione. Now we have glutamic acid and glycine. We know that we need B vitamins. That's really important to produce those in the body. We also need sulfur for the cysteine. Okay. So glutamic acid, cysteine, glycine, cysteine is a sulfur bearing amino acid and we need that sulfur. Okay. So some people may have things that we, we call these single nucleotide polymorphisms. I know long word SNPs, and everyone has different variants of these, which may be things that are, you know, may have issues with converting cysteine. Uh, there's just a lot for me to unpack here on this podcast. And I think that I might lose you guys if I start going down some of these pathways. So what I just want to mention here is that if you struggle with low energy, lethargy, you really, you know, have a hard time recovering from your workouts that you may be low in glutathione, but if you put these things into your diet, if you make sure that you're getting B vitamins and that you're taking glutamine and you're drinking bone broth for glycine and you're still struggling, there may be some, what we would call single nucleotide polymorphisms which are actually issues in converting in the body. And that can be even a a stronger indication that you should actually supplement directly with glutathione because you may have some issues in in, uh, producing some of those conditionally essential amino acids. So for the glutathione support, you guys, not only do we need glutamic acid, cysteine, and glycine, we also need a few different things. Okay. So we need the cofactors, the B vitamins. We also need magnesium, zinc, and other amino acids. Okay. So there's a few things here that your body is going to need in terms of producing glutathione. Selenium is one of those. Vitamin C is another micronutrient that's really important in producing glutathione. And so I know that this is, you know, quite a lot of information at once, but let's kind of unpack this a little bit further and just talk about some of the nutrients that you want to make sure you have in your diet. So I would say that bone broth is probably like number one go-to for people who are struggling with low energy and poor gut integrity, because that is going to support with glycine. And we know that glycine is one of those aminos and it's going to be very bioavailable in the bone broth. And then I also recommend and make sure that people are taking vitamin C and magnesium. So magnesium, you guys, is is quite depleted and is used for, you know, eight to 900 different enzyme functions in the body. It's a cofactor for glutathione. So if we have depleted levels of magnesium, we can almost always correlate that to low levels of glutathione. And so we want to make sure that we have enough magnesium. I usually recommend my clients supplement with that. So bone broth, vitamin C, magnesium, and if you are struggling with producing some of those conditionally essential amino acids, like the cysteine, then what we can do is supplement with an NAC. An NAC is N-acetylcysteine. It's a quite, quite a safe supplement to take. It's actually really good for respiratory issues because it works as a biofilm agent, so it can protect 
it can be very protective of the brain, especially against yeasts and candidas in the gut. And that's one of the supplements I often recommend if I see indications of yeast and candida in my client's symptoms or blood work. And then if there is no positive effect of NAC, you take NAC and it doesn't positively impact you, we may want to go directly to the glutathione. And so I really like liposomal glutathione. People who struggle with blood sugar regulation, insulin resistance will often do better with liposomal glutathione. And it's usually easier to absorb. It's a liquid form. And so that would be my recommendation there. If you don't notice a difference with the NAC. Okay. Now I just want to remind you guys that it's really important that this podcast information is absorbed as information. It's not intended to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure anything that's going on. And so I really have to stress that because it's, you know, I don't like making supplement recommendations on this podcast all the time. I feel that it can often be misinterpreted and knowing how much to take for yourself as a unique individual and not putting everything together in terms of your symptom picture. We have to understand that some people may not respond well to supplementing directly with glutathione if they have issues with sulfur in the body. And if that's the case, there are other herbal remedies and herbal solutions for you. Milk thistle, cordyceps, codicula, those are a few natural herbs that we can put in to help support those antioxidant pathways. So basically, let's do a little recap here of a few things that you're going to want to make sure of in order to optimize your glutathione levels. Number one is going to be to make sure that you exercise regularly. Number two is to be to get enough sleep. Number three, mitigate and minimize toxins as much as possible. Number four is going to be making sure that you have the vital nutrients that your body needs. And so I recommend a good methylated B vitamin. I recommend taking bone broth, which is rich in the amino acids, glycine and glutamine, both of which are required for glutathione production. If you are good with cruciferous vegetables, those have sulfur in them, and that can be very replenishing for glutathione as long as you digest those well. If you struggle with SIBO or negative gram bacteria or hyperpermeability, those vegetables may not be your best choice, in which case that NAC or N-acetylcysteine is going to be a better support for you. And if you know that you have high levels of inflammation, constantly fatigued, and the NAC does not seem to be helping, and you are doing all of those other things, focusing on a whole foods diet, getting good sleep, exercising regularly, then we may try with the liposomal form of glutathione. And that can be an option for you. But just as a reminder, you guys, there's so many cofactors that are involved, as I mentioned before, magnesium, zinc, vitamin C, B vitamins. And so a whole foods diet is where you want to start. Not a whole foods multivitamin, please. Multivitamins are often not well formulated and can, I mean, cheap multivitamins are often going to have synthetics in them which can actually block the receptors and do more damage than they're worth. So stay away from your multivitamins and focus on a whole foods approach. And then based on symptoms and based on your lifestyle, we can take a look at, you know, key nutrients that we can add in through supplements, but supplements are just that there is supplement to supplement your diet and lifestyle, which you want to focus on first. Okay. So I hope that this was helpful. 
And I hope that you guys learned something today. I know this is something that I'm still working on digesting and unpacking. And I have a lot more in my brain that I want to share, but I feel like I haven't quite assimilated the information in a way that is going to be easy for me to pass on to you. And so the more I learn with Dave, the more I will share with you and the easier it's going to get for me to talk about these things. As I mentioned at the beginning of this podcast, when I first started podcasting, it was so uncomfortable and I never would have done a podcast on something that was relatively new to me. I mean, I've known about the benefits of glycine and the know it, the benefits of glutamine and the benefits of NAC. And I knew about glutathione, but the role and the power that glutathione has in anti-aging is unmatched. And so I wanted to share with you guys some of this new knowledge that I had acquired. It's not new knowledge to the whole world, but it was new knowledge to me as a coach I knew that a lot of those cofactors were incredibly important, but understanding how all those cofactors fit together, it's like the pieces of the puzzle fit. And it's really fun to talk about this and to, you know, be able to connect that if your glutathione levels are depleted through sedentary lifestyle and through poor diet and toxic stress, that you're actually more susceptible to imbalanced gut function and poor gut barrier or hyperpermeability, but then the hyperpermeability is also driving inflammation and depleting glutathione. So we really need to break that cycle. And I think one of the best places is to start is by looking at your diet because that is, you know, you are what you eat. Is that the thing? Yeah. You are what you eat. I feel like in this instance, it's very true. And your body needs those cofactors from a whole foods diet. If you need help and you are struggling with your gut health, if you're tired all the time, if you're struggling with fatigue, if there's just so much information on the internet and you can't sift through it, if you want more information about glutathione or you want more information about how to heal your gut, shoot me a message. You can find me on Instagram at Haley Vera Fitness. Peace, love, and personal growth, you guys. I appreciate each and every one of you turning in, tuning in, listening to me ramble and letting me brain dump. Today was a little bit less of a brain dump and a little bit more structure in terms of the knowledge I was sharing. But for me, there was definitely a few things that I stumbled over today. So thank you for your patience. Appreciate you guys. And I will talk to you next week. See you next Friday. Peace, love, and personal growth. Thank you for tuning in to Your Vibrant Life Podcast. I had so much fun and I hope you enjoyed this episode. Make sure you hit the subscribe button to catch your weekly dose of health and wellness. If you found value in this episode, the number one thing you can do to support the show is to share this episode with someone who could benefit or leave a review. If you'd like to find out more about the online programs and services available at Health Pillars, go to healthpillars.ca and click Let's Work Together to fill out an application. I'd love to help you create your vibrant life.